0: Thank you for joining us, everybody. You're tuned in to the Jam Frequency Radio Show. This is John DiMaria.
1: And as he does, each episode here at the Jam Frequency Radio Show, the artists will take us to a new frequency of musical energy, the full spectrum from up-and-coming artists as well as living legends.
0: We get to know their stories on how they create music and what makes them unique as artists.
1: The Jam Frequency Radio Show.
0: where words and music kaleidoscope.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of the Jam Frequency Radio Show. This week, we bring to you Electric Voodoo.
0: Electric Voodoo is a dynamic six-piece band from San Diego, blending afrobeat, rock and roll, Latin, psych, jazz, blues, and many other world beat sounds.
1: We have the pleasure of speaking with Scott Tournay. He is the extraordinary guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, arranger for Electric Voodoo.
0: So talented and such a smart guy. We have a lot of great insights with Scott. And we get to talk about Bambi, too.
1: Stay tuned for that. (laughs) We're going to get started with some music, John. This is coming from Electric Voodoo's debut, self-titled album, Electric Voodoo from 2016, Ball and Chain.
0: Pay special attention to this song because Scott references it during our interview. It's insightful.
1: And it's an awesome song. A great way to get this episode started.
0: Let's do it. Ball and Chain.
1: Pleasure of speaking with Scott Tournay from the band Electric Voodoo. Hello, Scott. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing good, guys. Good to hear from you.
0: So good to hear from you, Scott. Thank you for joining us. Nice to be able to catch up with you. A lot has changed since we last talked earlier in 2020, including the delay of Electric Voodoo's latest studio album, now set for release in 2021. We're so excited for that; we can't wait. So tell us, how has 2020 been for you and the band since the recording the album?
2: Yeah, you know, it's been a doozy right before the world changed, so we feel fortunate in our little world that at least we got to finish the recording of the record. We finished recording the majority of it as the band, and then I did a few overdubs and vocals once the pandemic hit. We had been rehearsing and ramping up to recording the record for like seven months pretty much. And so luckily, we got that done in a situation where we really wanted to record live as a band all in a room together, which wouldn't have been possible a month after we Mm -hmm. did it. So that part is great. We were planning on releasing it in August. And obviously, that didn't happen because our tours got canceled and everything, everyone got canceled. And so we kind of just took the ride and took a detour and what we've been doing kind of in the meantime is just like putting together videos and try basically checking out every possible outlet in which we could put out the record you know the smartest way possible and in a way it's kind of been a blessing because it made us get our ducks in a row Mm -hmm. as far as when we release it I think it's going to be the best plan because you know musicians are great at making art but we're not always the best at like marketing it (laughs) getting it out there the, the right way so we've been putting a lot of energy into that
1: oh that's fun more of a creative and personal um attachment to the actual album
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's working really hard. And we have at this point, like five people in the band, plus a manager. Everyone's putting their a lot of energy into it. So like when Travis, uh, the sax player and multi-instrumentalist is making like videos and art and altering photos and Luke, our bass players, into marketing and doing a lot of the website stuff and Brad, our barry sax Player who plays keyboards too is does like if you order a T-shirt or an album, you know he's sending it from the post office. So it's like we're a little uh, house of elves, so to speak, (laughs) living in different houses.
1: That's a really cool idea of sharing your time with your fans, just giving those personal touches.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're DIY, you know, (laughs) which in this day and age, a lot of bands are. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the more the modern template. The days of big label record contracts are kind of over Mm -hmm. and everyone having their own tech. It's just like Wolfpack is probably the better new model where it's like you're kind of doing everything yourself. And I think that's kind of cool, keeping things in-house.
0: Well, yeah, and it's, it's a way of broadening your gifts, right? Because you're creative musically or on an instrument or through lyric writing or whatever. But if you can now broaden it into, I, I can maybe make a video and I can actually design it. And it sounds like all the other guys are utilizing this time to the best that we can. It's uh, one of those time frames where we just have to say, yeah. what do we do now? And it sounds like you guys are taking at least the attitude of it's, Let's do the best that we can with what we're given and come out on the other side better for it, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the blessing has been time in the way of, you know, I think in general, it's always you talk to a musician and it's always this like winded kind of response. Like, oh, you know, you know, I was doing this and I'm on the road and I'm back. There's never, never any time any like American citizen it's mm-hmm. kind of like that. There's not enough time, you know, I'm working too much and blah, blah, blah. Yes. And I think with musicians, it's the same. You're like, you're too busy and there's not enough time to do all the things to that you're supposed to, you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's to do everything the way you want to do it. And so we pivoted when we saw this time. Luckily, mm-hmm. I mean, our manager was pretty cool in that regard. He's like, well, like, let's just think about it like we have this blessing of time. So let's kind of do everything we ever wanted to do yeah. as far releasing an album. Like, let's really actually do it.
0: Yes, absolutely. I've always been a big fan of the no excuses kind of thing. So it sounds like if nothing else, you're just kind of eliminating this way. thing of time. I don't have time. It's now, I have no excuse. I really have, I have to do time. this because I have the time. So that's, that's good.
2: Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I'm horrible <laughs> at planning and like our last record animal i was very proud of the record but like we released it right before we signed with our manager and like we pretty much did everything wrong <laughs> as as like, and we toured on it you know we yes. had like a two month tour across the united states and back we did our best putting that together but it was like as far as like giving press three months in advance and releasing a single properly with the amount of lead time like all that stuff was just horribly done because i don't like calendars i struggle with them i'm definitely like a an artist type of like (laughs) impulsive
1: (laughs) this sounds Uh, good let's go here yeah
2: so luckily our drummer matt he's very much like the person that's on the other side of that equation and kind of Evens me out, so to speak. So, I'm kind of giving up the reins of like anything to do with planning. Like I'm like, please, someone else take it.
1: <laughs> well, it's nice that we all have different talents and different gifts <laughs> that we can oh, all yeah, work I'll together. A song a day
2: for yes. a year. But like, yeah, don't tell me what we're gonna do in November. I'm like, you know, November 11th at 11 o'clock. Like I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we're glad we have your time today. So thank you. Very <laughs> yeah, it was hard enough to schedule <laughs> you guys. Gosh, you guys have the studio album then coming out 2021 but lucky enough for us you guys have put together some rarities some b-sides that you guys are putting out in january of 2021 you're calling it rarities volume one mm-hmm. and there's nine tracks on there
2: we put it together originally we did a crowdfunding campaign to fund the record and we were kind of thinking of well, what could we offer as a bonus or whatever. And I had all these tracks because I'm always recording and I've recorded some of our live shows and that's just kind of my passion. So I had like a couple hard drives full of just like stuff and I didn't really even know totally like what I even had because I just kind of accumulate. Mm-hmm. And then we we're like, well, let's put together maybe like a live album of studio outtakes. And so i started to dig in, you know, and a lot of people chose that as a bonus item when they contributed to our crowdfunding campaign. So I kind of dug into it and started mixing it and uncovering all these possibilities. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. At first it was like, this is pretty good. And then it kind of grew on us over time and everyone in the band started to like it more and more. And so when the album got pushed back, we were kind of like, well, let's just put this out, (laughs) you know, kind of just one of those things that just came simply. So it's like one or two demos, three or four live songs. And then they even have like this one track that like we recorded in like the woods of Idaho Mm -hmm. at an Airbnb that like we rented for like four days in the summer of I think 2018. We had like four days off in between shows, and so we rented this Airbnb like way up near the Grand Teton Mountains. We called it a songwriting r- retreat, and there may or may not have been uh, psychoactive substances involved. Okay. So it then got termed Satan's Songwriting Retreat.
1: <laughs> oh that's why that title track is in there. Okay. So uh,
2: Yeah, we just that have this like it. crazy improv track of yes. our bandmate Travis on sax and then me just playing rhythm guitar. That's like this like seven minute, very special musical moment that's the kind of thing that you just don't capture in a studio luckily I had the thing recording like basically the whole weekend I just had mics up so every little moment got captured you know and I was just going through and I found that I'm like oh my god like this is the kind of thing you experience musically that's like never recorded
1: oh very cool thanks for sharing the story on that
2: it was a super special kind of bonding yeah band experience
1: with Satan Satan's songwriting <laughs> retreat I love, I love it,
2: it. <laughs> in this crazy house in the middle of Idaho like In the middle of the woods, it was just amazing.
1: It almost sounds like... It's
2: basically like wiffle ball and music and barbecuing.
1: Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's nice to have bonding experiences with your bandmates, most definitely. (laughs) That particular album's coming out January 2021. It's got nine tracks total on there. Your first single off of that particular album, Tonight's the Night. John and I both were really just digging on Neil Young classic (laughs)
2: Totally flipped on its head. And there's another song on the record. It's the song Cocaine. Everyone knows it as an Eric Clapton song, but it's actually a guy named JJ Kale wrote that song. But I kind of come from this, say, down the middle classic rock, the stuff we all know Led Zeppelin, Allman Brothers, Neil Young, The Beatles. That's very much my wheelhouse or my history. The stuff I think that I do fairly easily, I've done a lot. Then this band is kind of this like global world music kind of thing that has like Latin and Afrobeat influences. And I kind of buried a little bit of that classic rock influence purposely to start this new band i was just kind of tired of that other music a little bit i had done so much of it and then it was kind of like it's just doing these exercises i think maybe we needed a couple like we had a couple shows that were like three hours or something crazy where it was like what's some other songs we can do and i just get kind of like what if what if you did a neil Young song in an afrobeat fashion like what would happen yes. <laughs> you know it's like cooking sweet and sour it's just kind of like shouldn't work. But for some reason, that one worked.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's so good. really good. It's, it's rocky enough. It's raw. It, it's
2: honest. You and then
1: it takes you to a different place during that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of seemed to work. And that was a demo, actually. In a way, I think I was just doing the demo to figure out a way, just trying to figure out how to crack the code and show it to the guys of like, hey, well, we can do this song. But mm-hmm. the funny thing is we never did that song. We learned it right before our big album release tour. We had a new percussionist for that tour and so i think we ended up rehearsing like two of the three days we spent like only on that song hmm. and we never got it right and then we didn't play the song the oh no wow. and then i'm going through this hard drive, and i found that demo and it's like this is so cool like <laughs> hmm. yeah really it is good it's
0: cool now why did but you, not, ch-
2: you need to listen to stuff far enough away from it so hmm. that you kind of forget your fresh years
0: yeah re-inspired by the inspiration i guess
2: i was listening to this interview with the guy from Tame Impala this guy Kevin Parker who I like a lot talking about his drum sounds and how he always hates them or they're not any good and then he was like walking down the street one day and he um heard these drums he's like man those drums sound great and then he got closer and he was like oh wow that's my song like oh maybe maybe this isn't crap like (laughs) you know maybe I am okay it's like when it's your own thing sometimes it's hard to hear it I think objectively
0: Awesome. Why did you choose Tonight's the Night as the first release?
2: I think that was the one that kind of hit everybody the best. The one everyone agreed on without putting too much thought or energy into it. It sounded pretty good. It was somewhat concise. I mean, there's other songs on there that are live tracks i think are just a little longer there's a song that's like 10 minutes which is cool and great but it's not for maybe a single or a first release as much you know yeah yeah
1: right and maybe just because it's a neil young song a lot of people are going to gravitate towards it and then get hit with electric voodoo's take on the song i so guess yeah I I I don't, you know be. it's <laughs> funny i've
2: never really i've never put out a cover song before and i guess i did maybe with my old band on some kind of a live album Or something like that But in general I, I usually steer clear Of releasing covers
1: Well there we go We cracked the code on that All good reasons to put it out As the first single <laughs> yes. yeah. we'll There it is
0: <laughs> Yeah we'll see what happens Yeah that's great
1: yes.
2: Hey this is Scott From Electric Voodoo You're listening to Jam Frequency Radio This is our new song Tonight's the Night Off of our album Rarities Volume 1 Tonight
0: Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you in a big way. You're so talented. And what a great songwriter and arranger and leader, even though you mentioned earlier that maybe there are some <laughs> skills that aren't your strength, like maybe some you know timelines or whatever, but your cre- <laughs> but your creative process is really the exception. And we do really respect you in a big way. But let's talk about your songwriting. How has 2020 inspired your songwriting? Do you have a new routine? Tell us about how that's working for you.
3: Oh, sorry, guys. I hear
1: Bambi.
2: Okay. I'm
1: getting interrupted here.
2: Bambi. But... All right, guys, I'm back.
1: I heard oh. a little Bambi. Now I need to watch it.
2: Uh, yeah, I was getting bored with Bambi.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> we need to move on.
1: Well, maybe he'll get lucky and see some Bambis out in, in Maryland somewhere.
2: We have actually. Oh, we, we we deemed them reindeer. It's
1: very cool.
0: <laughs> Scott, we have so much respect for you and your songwriting. Just wanted to check in with you and see, how has 2020 inspired your songwriting differently? What's your approach been during this time?
2: <sighs> um, for a while, it was nothing. Mm -hmm. you know kind of like everybody i think a little bit in shock and then i kind of went through this super heavy acoustic phase i think just by like circumstance that was just kind of the situation i was in where i could kind of only play acoustic and so i wrote like all these acoustic finger style songs they tended to be like reflective and a little bit of the time Mm -hmm. and then recently i've been kind of getting into a different phase where i'm like writing more heavy electric blues and rock driven almost kind of stuff i kind of go through these little phases where i kind of compartmentalize them almost or i try to in a certain way i have three personalities where i feel like one i'm like a folky (laughs) two i'm like a world music electric voodoo guy three i'm like blues rock heavy person and then i guess four i also like to do like super spaced out like i did uh, an album called anti-anxiety medication where it's like 50 minute long track of zend out drone Eno music you can like fly in an airplane too or like go to sleep too you know i have all these different ideas which is kind of cool i mean because i've had those ideas in my head since i was like 20 years old and i think only in the last few years have i been able to follow through with that notion Mm -hmm. that makes any sense yeah yeah sure Sometimes you, you have these ideas of what you want to do and you have a hard time seeing them through and I feel like I'm, it's a place where I'm able to see all those different passions and ideas through.
1: I think it's liberating this time. You just feel free and open and to try new things or maybe to really hone down on a particular hobby or craft that you're like, oh, I really just want to master it. So that's cool that you've gone yeah. there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I haven't had that much free time, to be sure. honest with you, having a three and a half year old. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Everyone's like, what are we going to do all this time? I'm like, well, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden you have no childcare in the middle of a pandemic and three and a half year old. It's you know it's, it's a hard. little different but yeah. <laughs> mm, right but lots of- I mean I was doing streaming shows for a while on like social media and I think uh-huh. that kind of pushed me because after like two or three weeks I was doing like a show a week after like third show you're like well I've actually played through like pretty much all my original songs is every like are people gonna <laughs> hear me <laughs> replay them or do I have to learn new songs uh-huh. so I was kind of learning like 10 new songs a week which then kind of sinks into your DNA and then comes out when you go to write new music it's like oh there's that one little chord change that from that song that I learned, you know, six months ago.
0: Wow, that's awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That don't is, that's that. really great. I mean, you know, my question is, is like you write original music and you had mentioned earlier that doing the covers you never released a cover song before. When you first started writing songs, do you find that you learned how to write through learning other people's songs or were you kind of incorrigible and just said, I
2: gotta write my own? Yeah, I don't know. I was never very good at learning whole songs. And I don't know if it's like a um, attention deficit disorder or something. Like I would learn a little bits, you know, a little like part of a Jimi Hendrix song or part of a David Gilmore solo or, you know, the verse of a Bob Dylan song. And then I would not see it through. I would always get get frustrated with myself. Because like I would have friends, like we'd all be passing the guitar around, and they would play through like eighty songs that they had every part like down pat and I'd be like oh man I'm falling short and then for some reason I found it easier to just go for it and create songs where like some of them they would almost be hindered by the fact that they already knew these other songs because I would run into this a lot with bandmates early on where like you'd start writing a song and they'd be like oh we can't do that it sounds too much like this you know like oh that sounds like this whatever Ray Charles song we can't We can't write that. And I'd be like, yeah, we can. Like, screw it. Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. Change, like, one word or, you know, twist it around a little bit. And I don't know, that kind of license to just push through and and be a little more carefree and not be so concerned about that. Hmm.
1: So I guess that's easy to me. Yeah. Leads me into a question that I wanted to ask. What advice would you give aspiring songwriters?
2: Keep doing it. For me, at least, it's not this like magical thing can be a magical thing but the majority of the time it's not you know the majority of the time it's just from like buckling down and doing it i find like the more that i do it the more apt i am to have a moment of magic Hmm. you know but if you're just going to sit around and wait for like magical harvest moon to come in and get gifted this song by the the wonders of nature i I find that not very common, you know, I find it more common to just sit down and just crack at it every day. And it's like for me, I crack at it five days a week maybe, and one or two days of the week something great or good even happens. And then the other times like I you kinda of swing and you miss. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, you learn things from failing, mm-hmm. I think. And that would be the hardest thing for me. Sometimes is like spending an entire day working really hard on like writing something, and at the end of the day or the next day, being like, "This is crap." <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I'm gonna scrap the whole thing. Yeah. And I would feel so deflated from that, like oh, I wasted that time. And now I think, with a little bit of hindsight, I can see that, like, well, I learned things throughout that process. You know, maybe what not to do, or even within it, like little little tricks to the trade mm-hmm. that maybe took me further.
1: Most definitely.
0: So you said you practice five day or play five days a week. Is that all day? Is it an hour? I mean, with your child, how do you yeah, How do you navigate at this that?
2: Point, <laughs> it's like whatever I can get. Yeah. You know, we, my wife works a lot and just mm-hmm. in the, my world shifted. So I'm not working as much mm-hmm. right now. So I'm kind of the. I'm the primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, when I have him, it's pretty much not at all. Mm-hmm. Like I'll sneak off with a, an acoustic sometimes until he picks up on like the fat <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs>
2: playing, playing with him. Yes. Uh, and then oh. when he goes to bed, I'll work at it for, you know, maybe two hours. But if I have a free day, I can go for eight to nine to 10 hours sometimes with barely even taking breaks for food. It's the yeah. one thing that I can do where I don't need to, refresh my phone which is so what i love about it nothing else kind of um frees me to to get out of those little technological loops that we're all stuck in oh, yeah. Yeah, we're all guilty of it. I mean, we it's are. like, I'd love to say that I'm above checking my
1: Facebook, but I'm not. You yeah, know? yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to a, what we were talking about before with your songwriting and inspiration. And for our next song that we wanted to talk about during this episode that you shared with us, Walk on Gilded Splinters. And this one's a live version from Joshua Tree Music Festival. What was the inspiration for this particular song
2: uh, well, this is a Dr. John song, oh. um, another cover song, believe it or not. The first time I heard this song was actually this guy named Johnny Jenkins it had done it in like Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and Dwayne Allman had played on it as like a young session player. So there's like this Dwayne Allman compilation, double vinyl out there that, you know, I had pretty early on. I had all these like Dwayne okay. Allman playing with Aretha Franklin and these cool things is he had this whole life kind of before the Almond Brothers as a secession musician. So that's actually the first version of the song that I heard. And it's this really cool version with like timbales and it's just, it's kind of like one of a kind. Very cool. And then I went back and listened to the Dr. John version and his version is even like slower and creepier and more haunting. And just this song always stuck out to me as just this like really like rare, (laughs) one-of-a-kind, different kind of a song. I think I always liked it just because it kind of breaks convention in that there's not any chord changes Mm -hmm. or anything. It's really just like a spooky vamp, you know? what happens when like a musician's like you're at a party and there's a bunch of instruments lying around maybe there was a hookah in the room (laughs) and then the musicians amble over you're the people you know maybe they're not even full-time musicians amble over and start playing and what happens usually is like no one has a song in mind and (laughs) because everyone's kind of following each other no one's going and changing a lot of chords so usually it turns into this one chord kind of thing and that's kind of what this song is but of course you know it's with real musicians and Dr. John being like the, you know, voodoo chief that he is kind of leads you through this creepy kind of haunting journey. Dr. John was a huge inspiration for this band, just the, the start of it. And so that was, I think maybe just homage to him to cover one of those songs and one of those songs i think we just talked about doing it we did it we rehearsed it like twice and it was like usually when you introduce a song like that to a band it's like it either sinks or swims this one immediately swam it was like everyone like loved doing it right away oh you know what it was for actually no uh it was for burning man we played burning man last year and they had a um it was like a tribute to lost musicians of 2019 and so we did the dr john tribute So that was actually why we learned it. And then we, like I said, we immediately loved it and started opening every show with it.
1: Very cool. Well, I'm excited to go back and listen now to Dr. John's version.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. It's super spooky. Hey guys, this is Scott from Electric Voodoo. You're listening to Jam Frequency Radio. This is Electric Voodoo's version of I Walk On Gilded Splinters, which is a song by Dr. John off of our album Rarities Volume 1.
0: We wanted to let you all know that this is indeed a world premiere of this song.
1: That's right, John. One of our specialties that we like to give to our listeners is world premieres from these amazing artists. So we like to bring to you the world premiere of a Dr. John classic.
0: Electric Voodoo's version of
1: Walk on Gilded Splinters. Turn it up
0: and let go. i hey. those listeners that are just getting to know your music, what song of yours would you pick that defines Electric Voodoo's jam frequency? Oh
2: man, that's hard. I think the song that we kind of send to people a lot, if we have like one thing to send, Mm -hmm. is a song off of our first album called Ball and Chain. We also have a live video of us performing it at Winston's Club in San Diego, which is kind of like our hometown club. I think with that song, what I like about it, it's got the timbales, the congas, it's got the funk backbeat, it's got a little bit of some Afrobeat in there. It kind of got the whole thing. It's got the horns, the keys, the guitar, the Latin inspiration, the Afrobeat inspiration, the 70s psychedelic American rock inspiration, all kind of smattered throughout.
1: It was the first song that I heard of you guys, and I immediately just you know had to have you guys on the show and had to listen to your music and now we have your music on rotation at the radio station so oh, it's awesome. very cool yeah, song yeah
2: really we do it it's nice
1: to see it on the,
2: the that's song. our entry i think that's a good entry good first appetizer i
1: would yeah, have to agree for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah i mean when i was asking the question i'm thinking I'm, I'm looking at all these songs in my head that have such interesting parts and sections and i'm thinking is he going to go with uh, uh what's the song with the devil
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's got the we middle.
2: We should call it devil, yeah. yeah okay,
0: devil. Cool. Okay, that's why. Why am I thinking there's more to it? But the middle section of that is so awesome, right? The Spanish guitar and the acoustic kind of Oh, yeah. There.
2: That's This guy playing a bazooki, it's called, and he's from Israel. It's a Middle Eastern instrument. We actually had him record it in Israel and send it over to us. He had lived in San Diego for a while, and he had played in a band. Our drummer, Matt, and our barry sax player, Brad, had played in a band kind of straight up Latin band we had that middle section like what are we going to do with this
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's so brilliant. it's awesome
2: from Israel comes this wild bazooki solo (laughs) wow I never even knew what that instrument was you know and then I did some research and it's, it's really cool
1: we're going to break away from conversation to bring to you what a bazooki sounds like. How about a bazuki solo from Israel, John?
0: This is so good. Just a snippet, just the solo section.
1: The bazuki solo from Electric Voodoo's song, Devil.
0: I almost wanted to apologize as I was asking the question, because there's like, there's moments like that, that you, you probably, I think you have in almost every song, where it's like, oh, that part there is just so cool. Knowing that everybody you know, has to play like nine instruments all at the same time, you know, the keyboard switching over to the horn, back to the keyboards. Okay, now I'm going to play percussion. Oh, know?
2: man, we're keeping those guys busy. Yeah, yes. the one guy, now Travis is playing guitar, keyboards, sax, and flute. i just keep pushing the envelope see how far we can push them
1: well i want to be on a fly on the wall next time you guys are all in the same room together jamming because that would be pretty sweet
2: well god i can't wait to be in the same room together i I, I haven't seen my buddies you know i haven't seen them since i think it was august we talk every week I mean, we have like multiple band calls you know Mm -hmm. just to up with business and what we're doing week to week and stuff right. and we zoom or whatever but you know yeah i haven't been in the same room and been able to play with those guys for a while
0: when you were recording the new album coming out the new studio album you all played live which is really great did you take footage of those recording sessions
2: definitely yes. ah, yeah you. we filmed so- the whole thing actually we had a good friend who was a videographer do literally the whole thing so we have a wow. Bunch of really exciting stuff coming out with the new album. That's part of what we've been working on. We feel like in that department we've kind of fallen short. Yeah. Otherwise, with just capturing things on video, so we're just like musicians, musicians, <laughs> very much so. We just, that's so much what we're focused on that sometimes we let the other stuff fall through the cracks, yeah. you know, like documenting it or like we're like, none of us are like, Instagram live people. (laughs) We just don't think that way, you know, kind of preoccupied.
1: Yeah. Thank you for getting that question out of there, John, because I was definitely thinking that. So I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, there's
2: really exciting photos. We tried to record everything live Mm -hmm. on the new album we tracked everything live and then in some instances I went back and like redid the vocals cuz I was happy yeah. with them or thought I could do better and there's a couple little things here or there you know some overdubs but the majority of the of the album was us performing it live. That was the that was the concept. That was why we rehearsed for seven months leading up to it.
1: We've been privileged enough to talk to you before when you guys were going to the studio and doing the the fundraising, crowdfunding mm-hmm. for that. So very cool to see it all coming to fruition. Unfortunate with the delay, but like you said, yeah, we're going to get a lot it's of still extras. there. It's
2: in my back pocket. It don't yes. worry. it's <laughs> not going anywhere.
1: I'm excited for all the new exciting things that are going to be coming along with it. With the pandemic and this time you've been spending a lot of time with your son do you have any new hobby that you may have developed during this time or different routine? routines? I
2: can build an amazing Lego castle <laughs> <laughs> I can make Play-Doh cups and I'm really awesome at doing the dishes.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow.
2: I'm even learning how to fold laundry after all these years. Nice. (laughs) Still can't fold a shirt properly, but. Wow, that's so awesome. (laughs) No, really, man. I'm I'm pretty one dimensional. I'm just so into music. There's so many elements of it that I'm like, my pedal steel has been collecting dust and that like breaks my heart. Finally got my drum set set up. I could literally just it's like i section it up into these different things so that it's not just like oh i'm into music it's like yeah. i'm into the drums i'm into recording i'm into the guitar that kind of takes up the majority of my passion and the, the rest of my passion i have to designate to my family and loved ones
1: of yeah. course does your son get to bang on the drums Oh, any he of loves these? it
2: He knows all my songs too I have to play them a lot If I'm working on mixing anything You know mm-hmm. That's just what you do You mix yeah. something And then you go listen to it in your car And then you listen to it Through the Bluetooth speaker And then when he was like about two All of a sudden He started like singing along To the choruses and stuff Yes <laughs> No nice. oh, it was sweet I was like without any prompting You know I can see like Which songs are definitely catchier There's certain ones He's like oh, I He doesn't want to hear this one I'm like oh man
1: Falling short. <laughs> Didn't pass the test, Dad.
0: <laughs> Does your son have a favorite? Always a great song to me is like when a song you're just singing it without thinking that you have to be singing a song. Does he have one of yours that uh, just pops in and you hear him humming it? No,
2: yeah, Right now we're heavy on Christmas songs. Sure we yeah. turn, oh Christmas tree into oh tater tot. Oh tater tot. Why are you so darn yummy? Nice, <laughs> <Okay>. beautiful. <laughs> we'll They'll have to do a Christmas the big album hit right now. Yes. In the house. He likes um trying to think oh you know what he likes he likes fourth song called wake up that's gonna be off our new record that's the one's good it's that he likes the big chorus he's definitely uh he's got a pop ear
1: kids are awesome
2: yeah they're a hundred thousand (laughs) percent (laughs) honest Those little small moments.
1: Yes. So before we go, what's the best way for your fans, our listeners to catch up and follow what's going on with electric voodoo with all the cool stuff that's going to be coming out with the new releases. Where do we find you?
2: You know, uh, go to our website, electric voodoo.com is one way and it's E L E K T R I C voodoo.com. That's the quickest and most direct way to anything. Um, that's where you're going to be able to get the new record. Mm -hmm. Straight up But I mean Other than that You're going to be able To listen to it On Spotify And Apple Music And Tidal And all that kind of stuff And then we have a Facebook page. We have Instagram. We've got all that stuff. Great. So as long as you spell the name right. Yep.
1: And it's different. So you can't forget it after you forget it the first time. You won't forget it a second <laughs> time. <laughs> From personal experience, yes.
0: And as always, if you're listening to this show right now, and you're obviously inspired by Scott in a big way, you've got to pick up their new album. So I have one more, I don't know, maybe a deep question. We Uh-oh. can side skirt this if we want, but I really do appreciate your talent in a big way. If you couldn't tell. You you know, we're, we're fans. Okay, but if you could have your fans remember one thing about you, what would it be?
2: Aye, aye, aye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Yeah, that's a deep
2: one of them. I mean, you know, I think that's kind of a two-part because ultimately, I think if I could have people remember anything about me, it was that, like, I was a decent person and did my best, mm-hmm. you know, outside of any artistic merit. I think what I would have people would love to have any music that I've been a part of making an an impact, you know, positively on someone or help somebody through that time. I mean, I love to make people happy. I hope, you know, someone can have an amazing psychedelic trip Mm -hmm. (laughs) to an album sometime. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, ultimately for me, when music's done the most, it's like, you know, when you're going through a rough patch and there's like that one song or that one album that pulls you through, Mm. I hope, in some way that you know something that I do could have some kind of impact like that for somebody
0: yeah. very powerful Scott thanks
1: very nice I think we've got our fair share of what we need for our episode and we're really
3: great guys
1: happy to have some time with you and hear what's coming next for electric voodoo and very excited for your fans our fans and new fans that are going to get a taste of some of the live
2: i can't wait to play again
1: yes we'll be keeping eyes on you and following you guys hopefully this summer that's what we're all hoping for
2: yeah we have some big gigs out here on the east coast that we had last spring, you know, that were gonna pay for a lot of things for us, <laughs> and uh, and those just got pushed back a year. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of crossing our fingers that we'll be able to do those, and then hopefully play this summer.
1: All right, this episode's had it all, John. Conversation that's been really insightful, as well as world premiere music. And after we spoke with Scott initially, well, gosh darn it, he went and recorded another song, John.
0: Cannot wait to share this. Another brand new one from Scott Tournay.
1: This one is called
0: America's Great Divide.
1: Thank you to the amazing artists that joined us this week, and we look forward to where next episodes of Jam Frequency will take us.
0: See you next time for another episode of the Jam Frequency Radio Show.
1: Where words and music kaleidoscope.